Welcome to Securing Our Future, a podcast exploring how commercial and national security sectors work together to accelerate innovation. In each episode, we sit down with industry leaders, government officials, leading academics, and more to delve into the latest advancements and challenges in all areas related to our nation's future. This podcast is a publication of New North Ventures. Join us as we engage in insightful conversations with experts from the private and public sectors. To stay updated on the latest episodes and receive additional resources, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at securingourfuture.us. Well, Ali, thanks for joining us today. Jeremy, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So next month, I understand you have an event coming up, but first, love to hear your background, your current student at up at Dartmouth at Tuck, and love to hear how, how you got to thinking about doing a defense national security focused event up at Dartmouth. Yeah, so I went to undergrad in Washington, D.C., went to GW, and had always loved the national security defense space, thought that was where I was going to land. A friend of mine, my senior year of college, he had graduated a year prior to me, and he was up at Deloitte, loved his job, and he said, I really think you should look into this government consulting thing. I had never even heard of it, didn't think it was a real job, but trusted him and applied and got the job and fell into Deloitte's defense security and justice practice. I was really fortunate. I got placed with my first client at the Navy, got my first or my security clearance. I was top secret at the time during my first year and a half on the job. And really, it was off to the races working in defense and security. I loved the work that I was doing and being able to support national security mission and seeing what they were doing from a strategic side, but also an enterprise side, working with different clients across DOD, a couple of three-letter agencies. And as I was spending more time at Deloitte, I started to shift a little bit more into our product innovation side within our defense security and justice practice and loved it. I fell in love with this intersection of innovation and defense and national security and was realizing pretty quickly that there were a lot of silos when it came to that. So you would have the, what middle management was doing within these agencies, you'd have leadership, you'd have private sector who had these solutions that they wanted to sell in, but didn't know how to. And so I started to take a step back and thought, what? how do you bring all of these different pieces together? And the natural next step for me really seemed like venture capital as a sort of driving force for that. So I decided to go to business school came up to talk. I was really excited about Dartmouth just because of how small it was. Also, the New England national security ecosystem was fascinating to me because I think we think a lot about defense and national security as DC focused, but there is a much broader one beyond just the hub of DC. And so I wanted to explore that a little bit. Dove into interning for two venture capital funds, Alumni Ventures and then Blue Ventures, and got to see the work that they were doing in the early stage VC space and really dipped my toes into what does dual use, national security and defense look like from a VC perspective. And as I was doing that work, I decided, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to actually put on this conference. The thing that I wish I had, I want to do. And HBS and MIT have a really incredible policy-focused conference, but I wanted to take it in a different direction to focus on more of a what does collaboration in this early stage venture capital ecosystem, national security space with private sector, public sector players actually look like today, not three to five years from today when you talk about policy. So that was where I started and how we got to where we are today with me at Dartmouth and doing a lot of work in the national security space up here. 
that that sounds like quite a journey explained in, in just a couple of minutes. But if you, how did you think about getting into the national security space in the first place? Where, or, or what would you have been doing otherwise? Is it was it something where, just the, hey, this looks like an interesting problem set. I'm going to go work on this. this yeah, I think I can find some solutions. Or was there some other reason? And if you weren't, if you weren't in this space, what would you be doing instead? I think it was always going to be this space, to be honest. It's funny talking to my parents, even when I was home over the summer, they said, "You, this is the stuff you loved. When I was in high school, I was reading books about cold, the Cold War and code cracking with Enigma and just everything that sort of that space entailed and loved the CIA. And so that was the place that I wanted to be in. And I actually at times almost fought that. I said, no, maybe I'll go look at this space. Maybe I'll look at going into mergers and acquisitions more generally or financial services. And every time it was getting pulled back into national security because I love being able to support the mission. I think one of the best things about the U.S. is the fact that we have a strong military and national security apparatus, and but they can't do that alone. There needs to be support from all different facets of the economy. And so being able to do that from a private sector side has been really rewarding. And so I think even as much as I sometimes would try to stray from it, I always ended up coming back to it. It's been something I've loved since as long as I can remember. And so getting to do that now has been just incredible. And seeing it evolve over time has been really exciting too. So I'm biased in this question, but clearly the draw to venture capital as as a tool for helping push things along or making things happen, leaning further ahead into the future is is something I find near and dear. It's why we invest in companies that are in this space. But curious how you came to find venture as one of those places where you saw possibility in, again, trying to think about those silos, thinking about where the future's going and, and also being to solve some problems. I think the reason I viewed venture really as this ecosystem builder is because the people involved in it are just that. When you look at some of the big defense contractors, they're really good at what they do, but they're very focused on what they do. You take the Lockheeds of the world, you frankly can take the Deloitte's of the world doing the consulting side, and they have a very narrow mandate. And when it comes to the government side, these are people who really want to do a lot of good, but they might not necessarily know where to go. And you have these pieces of the puzzle that are really operating silos. The startups themselves sometimes don't even know. They might be people, it's defense tech who come former military And they have this great idea, but how do you scale it? How do you sell into it? What does that look like? Whereas venture, you take that step back, you have folks who are typically, especially in defense tech, either have a background in this, know the space pretty well. They have some sort of technical understanding. A lot of the time you will see former founders become venture capitalist partners. And so you have people whose job it is to create ecosystems and to build communities and to build networks. And so I think when you view the entire national security and defense apparatus as an eco-building exercise and trying to drive that innovation, VCs are almost the natural next step to doing that because they are the ones who have the incentive to create the strong community. A Deloitte or a Lockheed doesn't necessarily have that, but a venture capitalist does. And so they are really in a unique position to actually just go forth and do that, unlike I think a lot of the other players who are really integral to the space. No, that's cool. Talk has has a great great program up there in in the MBA side of of the of their programming, but it's not. Just tell us about you know, how how has the your cohort of classmates come together on this, and then love to start to hear a bit more about the program you guys have in, intended for later in October. Yeah, I think Tuck is really great in the fact that we have a lot of phenomenal resources more broadly at Dartmouth. We have the Dickey Center for International Understanding. Dartmouth College has its 
called ISTS, I think it's their Information Services Technology Services Center, that has done a lot of work in the past with computer sciences and got a lot of government work with DARPA, Air Force Advisory Board, and things like that. And within my cohort, I think Tuck is one of the top MBA programs when it comes to vets. So there's this lifeblood among Tuck and Dartmouth more broadly, where students are actually really excited about this topic. And when I started posing this to classmates last spring, people jumped on it. Uh, people who are interested in venture jumped on it in terms of just understanding the venture capital ecosystem more broadly. Classmates of mine who are interested in the startup space were excited about the concept. Classmates of mine who just general like former vets were coming or vets were coming to me, former military folks were coming and saying, hey, this is really cool. Like, what can we do to help? And so people got really excited about the idea. And I think it's been great to have a community kind of coalesce around this to take something that was just an idea a year ago and actually bring it to fruition now. And so that's cool. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what we can expect in October. Yeah. So the conference is on Saturday, October 28th, really excited about it. And it is much more, I think, again, juxtaposing it against the HBS MIT conference is very policy heavy. We're taking it down to a tactical level. So we have some phenomenal keynote speakers who are coming in, hopefully from the government side of the house, to actually talk about that higher level policy, what they look at in terms of the innovation landscape, the culture around it, the role that sort of policymakers can be playing in this space. And then we'll be doing a lot of tabletop exercise. I think that's one of the big things that we wanted to do was, can we show in real time what this collaboration looks like? So we have Nick Reese, who's the former director of Emerging Tech Policy from DHS, who's leading a session on government as an incubator. And what does the role of a government directorate? I think we're talking a little bit more about DHS's ST in that sense. How do they foster innovation? We'll be doing a panel on the DOD and the IC and how the DOD historically has scouted technology, how they're integrating and deploying it, but what's changing today in terms of that collaboration between the public and private sector. We'll be diving into topics around cybersecurity. So we have some folks from CISA actually who are going to be leading a roundtable on you have a strand of AI malware coming through. What does government regulation look like? How does the private sector step in with players like Google or Microsoft? But also where do startups fit into this equation? Because you have a lot of startups that are disrupting a lot of these more dinosaur industries that you have some great incumbents, but they might be focused on one piece of the problem and are ignoring an entire other piece of it. So we'll be doing a lot of really interesting and exciting tabletop exercises across a variety of different topics and with some amazing speakers. Jeremy, you'll be, uh, be on one of the panels and we're really lucky to have New North Ventures sponsoring it. Um, we'll also have folks like Nate Ashton, who is the executive director for the Alliance on, of Commercial Technology and Government on one of the panels, Pete Mathias, who has an amazing thesis called Americana Tech from Alumni Ventures on it. So a lot of really exciting folks on the panels in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we're breaking out into small group discussions. So doing a roundtable conversation around VC and government and what collaboration looks like. So that's a very tactical conversation about you have totally different incentive structures. How are the VCs working with government? What does that ecosystem and collaboration actually look like? And how can you start to move forward in today's current environment? We're not talking about policy in three to five years, but what can you be doing today? And then also we're trying to do a government buyer deep dive. So one thing that's really important to us is how can startups actually sell into government? One thing I think sometimes that people miss the mark on when they talk about selling into government is market versus mission need. 
And so you might have a market need for it, but does it actually meet a mission need that government has? And so we're trying to help startups who are interested in this space actually understand how they can start selling into government and get those more lucrative contracts uh, longer term. And then closing out the day with a demo day. So if startups who are doing dual use across a variety of different sectors and industries, not necessarily just defense tech, but advanced manufacturing, biotech, cybersecurity, geospatial, thinking about it more broadly than just your, now their later stage, but the Andrils and the Palantirs of the world. But what does dual use look like more broadly? So we have a very packed agenda for a single day, but I think it's going to be really exciting to get all of these different folks in the room and having these conversations. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it'll be a great agenda, very uh, hands-on. If nothing else, people should come because I'll happen to be a part of the speaking program. So I, I hope to hope we'll have a fun time. But it is interesting because Dartmouth does have an interesting history of that collaboration space. And you know, I know from even some of my my personal travels, um, he, he's, he's no longer there, but uh, one of the uh, Professor Haney Farad from the computer science department did a lot of work on deep fakes and on IoT. He left, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, it's also a lot of Internet things that, that came out of Dartmouth. I think Elm as an email program has its roots there. A bunch of other programs. and, and They like to say have... they founded AI and ML. So they will say that came out of Dartmouth. <laughs> What's the story behind that? There must be some truth of it. Do you know of it? They, I want to say it was in the 50s, they hosted the first AI summit up here. And yeah. so now any class you take in analytics or computer science, even at the business school, they will happily say that Dartmouth College is the birthplace of AI and ML. Yeah, I've heard that story and was supposedly, I don't think it was a weekend or it was some short yeah. period of time. They said, eight weeks later, we're going to nail this AI thing. And of course, we're, we're still playing with it years later, decades, eight, de- eight yeah. decades later. Very cool. What are you hoping to that attendees are able to walk away from this knowing, working together, and as as you're preparing people to to to, to be a participant, how how do you think that this session and this event will correspond with other events? You mentioned the, the Harvard MIT Security Conference, but what what other type of dialogues do you hope to spur from this? I think one of the things that we really want to have happen is opening the lines of communication. You have a lot of big events. You have Capital Factories, Fed, Supernova, and you have these events with amazing speakers. But what we really want to do is bring this down a level and make it a dialogue. And so for participants coming from the government side, thinking strategically about where you sit either as an acquisitions officer or policy side, how the venture capital ecosystem can work for you, how start you might be working with startups, being coming in with an open mind, ready to ask questions. From the VC side, I think, unless you're a venture capitalist who's well-versed in the defense and national security space, you have a ton to learn because so often I hear VCs say, we don't look at companies that sell them to government because they fail. And that's not a really reliable revenue stream. And so I'll say back to them, do you actually know who they're selling to and know what type of contract vehicles they have? Because that does make a difference. You need the right color of money and the right kind of money. So for VCs, it's really coming in and actually learning and understanding these startups that are going to business with government. And for the startups, frankly, just incredible exposure. You're getting to talk to folks in government. You're getting to talk to VCs. You'll have amazing access to folks who are invested in your own personal development and growth as a company. So really just coming in with an open mind, ready to ask a lot of questions, ready to be engaged in the hands-on dialogue. I would say this is not going to be a passive observer uh, conversation or conference. Like you really have to come in and want to be involved and engaged out of the gate. No sitting. uh, So there's no sitting in the back and just uh, passively paying attention. You're going to be put to work. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think everyone will be better off for it. <laughs> oh, very cool. What, what parting thoughts do you have? What, how do you think that this has changed your MBA experience? Not too many people have the opportunity to, to put a conference together. What are your early learning lessons in this? Oh, oh gosh, there are many. I think the biggest thing, and I've said this to classmates time and time again, is don't be afraid to send the email. A, a quick little anecdote. I reached out to Ambassador Fick, who is the U.S. Ambassador for Cyberspace and Digital Policy at State, over the summer, just sent him an email saying, hey, I'm really interested in what you're doing. You're a Dartmouth alum. It'd be great to talk to you and just learn about your career. And I got to talk to him about the conference. He is not attending, but he was incredible in terms of thinking through what's useful from a government side from someone from his position. And so what this conference has taught me is really the power of just putting yourself out there and asking the questions and the power of networking. A lot of the time, especially as MBA students, I think folks are a little bit afraid to send that email and say, what if it comes off as too pushy? They're not going to answer it, to which I say a lot of people won't, but the people who are really interested and excited. And I think that has been something we've seen putting this conference together is just you have to ask. And if you don't ask or don't try, you don't know. And also, I would say the power of people who are inspired by mission is something that I'm continuously seeing with the way this conference is coming together. It's really interesting to see folks across government, across private industry, across academia involving Dartmouth come together to actually drive this conference forward and seeing folks who are really excited about it. It's one thing that sometimes can get lost in the business world is we talk a lot about profit and loss. We talk about revenue and we focus on very hard financial metrics when it comes to defining success. But this conference has showed me that success, especially in a space like national security, is so driven by mission. It's not, the financial incentives are nice, but what you can do when you have a group of people who are driven by mission, it, you can become unstoppable and you can really get the ball rolling on things. So that has been something I've seen a lot of. And I think hopefully as I continue to do work throughout my career, being able to bring that sense of mission to what I'm doing and using that as a driving force is going to be really exciting and cool for me. Awesome. What a cool story. And then looking forward to it, October 28th, up in up at Dartmouth and in Hanover, New Hampshire. And where can people register or find out more about the conference? If they go Google Tuck National Security Innovation Com and Innovation Conference, it should be one of the first things that come up. We also are going to be heavily advertising on Tuck social media as well as LinkedIn. So it will be coming, but a quick Google to Tuck National Security and Innovation Conference will get you to the registration. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. And thanks for joining us and telling us about the program, Allie. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Very excited. Thanks for joining the Securing Our Future podcast brought to you by New North Ventures. Stay up to date on dual use innovation and in augmented intelligence, digital authenticity and cyber integrity by subscribing to our newsletter at newnorthventures.com. Prior thinking is that you can either make a lot of money or do right for the country. Now we can and must do both as there are incredible opportunities for outsized returns from both a financial and national security perspective.